What's up, Committed Society, coming with a brand new podcast. This is going to be our week three of the book, The Finding of the Third Eye. This is going to be chapter three. Uh, Chapter three is called The Secret Knowledge. Um, I'm going to get through it. Um, I know the last time I did the uh, podcast for our Tuesday podcast, the the name of the podcast for that week was uh, What Modern Science Says. Hopefully you caught that podcast. If not, go back and listen to it. Um, because we're going to go ahead and go into chapter 3 of, of this book, uh, The Finding of the Third Eye by Vera Stanley Alder. Um, like I said, this book was written a long time ago, so some of the words I'm not going to understand, some of the words I'm going to mispronounce. Um, but what I do is the words I don't understand and don't know, I always go back and use a dictionary so I can understand myself. But while we're going through the book, um, as I'm reading it to you guys, um, bear with me. Uh, it's kind of tough. I'm not uh, a good um, out loud speaking reader, but I mean, we all got to go through stuff. And uh, the great thing about life is um, we just do different things. And um, I'm, to tell you the truth, I'm very excited about reading this book um, out loud and getting to, to delve deeper into this type of um, what you would say, this type of material. Uh, this book uh, came into my life when I was like 15 or 16. Um, but when you're young, you really don't go 100%. So, I mean, it, it, it might have been not the time for me at that time. So I decided to go through the book and commit myself to, to read it to you guys. So um, I can have proof that I read it. And, um, and so I can share it with you guys. So um, here we go. It's going to be chapter three, The Secret Knowledge. And once again, the book is called The Finding of the Third Eye by Vera Stanley Alder. So here we go, guys. Having studied our world according both to the modern matter of fact scientists and the less orthodox modern ideas, let us now turn and plunge into the past and see what our ancestors knew and how their knowledge helped them. They prophesied the long dark age of ignorance from which we are present emerging. That ignorance has engendered, engendered, in us the habit of scoffing at everything which is not ordinary, normal, or able to be weighed and measured by scientists. The scientists themselves have reached a point where they are no longer dealing with purely physical or chemical things. They have pushed upwards through the great scale of vibrations until their heads are in the clouds of conjecture. Perhaps they dare not to speak of the possibilities they conceive. Let us leave them hesitating in that exciting position and start a tour of exploration on our own. In a universe full of trillion of stars of constellation and solar system, there's one minute little was there's one minute little revolving speck of matter which we call our earth. This speck of matter is covered with millions of microscopical creatures called human beings. The strange thing is that these microscopical creatures consider themselves important. Each minute each minute, each minute, one of them is able to feel that he is more important than the whole universe upon which he is but a speck. Are these creatures really important? And if so, why? Looking at them dispassionately, we can see that there is at least one remarkable thing about them. Almost any one of them, by training his microscopical brain, is able to visualize the past, present, and future, not only of his own little person's country or planet but of whole universe which has tiny personalities there is locked a power which will give him 
unlimited understanding of things quite beyond his physical reach a dynamic capacity to wield the forces of nature with a mind of which he knows not the limits man is an animal animal but he is an animal embodying a god the ancients were much more alive to his potentialities than we are now as we empower it would take us some time to decide whether man knew more thousands of years ago than does today and whether he was a finer being this planet is infinitely older than most of us imagine and so is the history of mankind archaeologists are continually having to push back their dates further into the past much learned in history books by the last generations obsolete and must now be unlearned civilizations have been rising falling disappearing ions before the men who owned the politic skulls were born all these things are revealed to us in the ancient or secret wisdom which is collection of teachings handed down from the very earliest times explaining man his origin his composition and destiny and also the purpose of the universe the wisdom has come to us in unchanged form concealed and taught throughout the world under the garb of many of the ancient religions we will trace this as in a later chapter but begin now by a study of the wisdom as it's still to be found in the east this teaching professes to expound to us the great fundamental laws upon which are founded the life and progress of man and the universe let us endeavor to shake off the habits of thought imposed upon us by generations of a dark age and consider which an open mind the heritage bequeathed to us by our earlier ancestors the great laws can best be named for us in english as follows repetition the microcosm and the microcosm the microcosm and the macrocosm evolution cause and effect on or karma and rebirth the plan or creation on the seven planes the principle of the first of these laws is as microcosm man so in the microcosm the universe it asserts the same system of form time and motion run through the whole universe so that if properly studied an atom or cell we will obtain the key to the workings of a man a planet or a constellation and that way through a knowledge of curious period periodicity uh, <laughs> or the regular periods of time which occur on a small scale in nature the ancient mathematicians were able to calculate the stars their movements and thereby the evolutionary stages in history on a large scale and to prophesy prophecy conditions and influence thousands of years ahead in a disconcerting to find that the competition of the very ancient sages taxed the modern man's mind to the, out, the utmost even to understand their meaning and visualize their ideas takes effort and practice much less could modern man originate such profound theories himself and the ancients accomplished these things without so far as we know any of the modern mechanical mechanical aids the great law of repetition declares that there is an ordered arrangement within the universe with certain periods of time and patterns of form repeated up the scale and governing the tiniest to the greatest it asserts that the little things are a mirror of the larger ones and everything is not only a replica but intimately connected with everything else for instance if you want to study a solar system you can study an atom and if you want to study animals plant minerals or even solar life you would find it all represented in the body of a man himself man know thyself with the ancient command written above the temple door and we were 
persevere with the fascinating study, we will find that in the form of every human being in the universe is presented to us. We can inspect the solar system of his atoms. The mineral world is the most active and creative form in his interior laboratory. And the physical development of animal life from its lowest to its highest from its, in its embroid. In this nature, we will find a mixture of the passion and peculiarities of all. Living creatures, we can also trace an intimate relationship with all the planets through the interplay going on in his body with the cosmic and planetary rays and connection with the world of magnetism and electricity as well. Finally, we will discover that man has in his puny frame the capacity to connect his mind with the highest unseen cosmic intelligence, the mind of nature. The first great law then that of the Moroccan microcosm and the microcosm give us at once a much more comprehensive outlook on life and therefore the, the capacity of bringing vision and breath into our create creative work the second great law is that of evolution everything in life is evolving upwards and onwards to a higher and more perfect state having having had its beginning in an uncreative unconscious and elementary form and growing and progressive through striving sacrifice and struggle to conditions of creative self-conscious potent strength beginning beginning at the lowest end of the scale with with the minerals we know that they have they have an elementary consciousness or mentality that they strive struggle and become tired and that they are a sacrifice to or absorbed by the kingdom above them the vegetable kingdom which lives upon them the vegetable kingdom has a higher consciousness or vibration than the mineral kingdom and a greater power for struggling and adapting itself and it's turned to the sacrifice of the animal kingdom who feed upon it. The animals may seem to, to the plants to be the, some kind of deities which wonderful and to them miraculously powers of movement. The sum of vegetables and minerals experience is absorbed by the animals who depend on this for their life and evolution in, in return. It is said that the animal provide by their breathing the, car the carbon dioxide upon which plants exist during the day. Some of the animals are becoming extremely advanced in consciousness and are full of what can be described as for them spiritual aspirations. Mankind are their deities and they strain and strive to attain. And such things as speech and work to the miraculous activities of their God, the adoring eyes of a dog in his efforts. To talk and the keenness and pride of an elephant at work are instances in point. Animals in their turn offer up their sacrifices of adoration emulation and service to man whereas the vegetable kingdom should adequately sustain the body of man the animal kingdom should feed his emotional needs only through his function of guardianship dominion over them the relationship of loving learning and teaching is the true one instead of the prevailing extra extraordinary exploitation slaughter and cruelty enacted to work towards animals which forms the basis of similar attitudes towards all the other kingdoms producing the predatory world which we have today we continue up the scale and find that in the kingdom of man the same process is going on the more advanced type of human being is sacrificed his lower nature and striving to reach and copy a higher kingdom of beings than his own. He calls these beings angels, gods, or deities and has much difficulty in understanding their wonderful capabilities as the animals have in understanding his own. But just as the animals depend upon man for final development of their intelligence, so man depends upon the subtler, subtler and more inspiring minds of the angels for his own awakening. 
We are told also that just as man depends for his sustenance and progress upon the lower kingdom of nature, so the angel world depends upon the offering and sacrificing of man's soul force for its own nourishing and development. Mankind and the angels can only reach greater heights of retaliation or realization through the interplay of mutual service. In accordance with the first great laws of repetition, we realize that the process must continue and therefore we are bound to infer that the angels are also sacrificing to striving to reach a higher kingdom of beings in themselves. The ancient wisdom has mapped out for us the pattern of these angels, communities, and hierarchies. An amazing vista of worlds ahead of us is thereby opened up for our consideration. The third great law is that of karma and rebirth. This is this states that nothing in, in life is wasted and all things share alike. The chance of gaining ultimate perfection and of going through the full course of experience and development, we see that in the physical world, as soon as the plant or other living creatures has had its particular span of life, it dies or withers. The cells which form is disintegrate, but their chemical constant constitutes come together at a later period to form a future plant or animal closely resembling the former one but plus always a stage of further adaptability and change showing that the consciousness and memory of the former plant has been reborn too we when we come to a higher specialized consciousness like the like that of a human being we are told that it is being continually reborn upon the earth and that it struggles and strives upwards, perfecting and developing itself through num numberless hard lessons and inevitable mistakes until finally it reaches the stage of creative and conscious power, which we call superhuman. The method by which we experience and progress is assured and expressed in the ancient law of karma. This word has not even an equivalent in the English language, its meaning is cause and effect, or actions and reactions. We are told that all of life is built upon the law of opposites, as it negative and positive poles of electricity day and night, heat and cold, summer and winter, good and evil. The constant friction between these opposites cause development, change, adjustment, in other words, originality, or the free will which functions throughout all creations and through which create, creation itself learns eventually to become creative. All this happens so slowly to us that at times we do not realize that there is progress because we become confused by the backward crouch of the wave of progress before a further push forward. Probably we are living at the time of the backward crouch now and perhaps that is why so much that is bad in humanity seems to be driven to the surface and so that to some world appeared at present to be deteriorating. The laws of rebirth and karma work hand in glove, so to speak, we are told that mankind came into being, being because spirit or the life force behind everything wished to develop more creative powers. This development can only be accomplished by spirit being so important and confined in matter, flesh, that it forgets its oneness with wisdom and has to find everything out afresh through fighting and experience. So we are told that virgin spirits divide itself up into fractions and by insuling the egos of man and all other forms of life sank itself into the heavy imprisoning matter of the world and is slowly and patiently fighting its way back to truth and light and power. The human egos evolve steadily, each undergoing constantly rebirth until it gradually attains to a knowledge of the laws of the universe through karma or the effect of its own acts and thoughts achieving power and strength through the mastery of the law after another until at last it reaches omnipotence both physical and spiritual 
We might we might say that the friction between the opposite poles of spirit and flesh caused as electricity, light, or energy, which is creative force power. The planets, the earth, the races of mankind, animal, vegetables, and mineral kingdoms also reincarnate, all being the same law. We must mention here that it is not possible, according to the secret teachings, for man to be reborn as animal, because however low he might sink in his own kingdom, he could not retrogress into slower vibrations. This theory called transmigration of souls is held by certain people who have allowed their former knowledge to become distorted. Many people here in the West find it rather difficult to accept this theory of reincarnation because it has been stamped out for thousands of years. It therefore requires a great deal of unaccustomed mental exercise to attain a real picture of it to hold in the mind. It is accepted quietly, quite naturally by most of the Eastern philosophy peoples and has been for untold centuries so that whether we believe it in it or not, we should go into the theory as fairly and impartially as it was very were studying their ideas on the art of agriculture. As a rule, human beings are unable to remember anything about any past lives that they may have had. Of course, there are exceptions and many people have collected a great deal of evidence of such memories, which evidence is extremely interesting. In fact, I think we, f we would find it impossible to deny that that some people, let me see, let's see okay. Some people at least have lived before. When we consider that we are unable to remember a great deal of our present life, especially things we have affected our characters deeply until they are laid bare by a psychoanalyst, it is not surprised that we do not remember past lives, but we are told that the experience gained in such lives is retained by us in those qualities which we describe as having a conscious and instinct, instincts or knack. According to this, then, a child prodigy is the result of continuous effort in past lives along some particular line. It might re reasonably follow that imbecility is the result of a continuous refusal to use the brain and make effort. That to be a dwarf or cripple is the karma of one who is previous lives neglected his body and that an epileptic is probably discharging the debt of continuous immorality in a past life in the light of his reasoning we could feel that others that there is no injustice or inequality in life because the egos are choosing their own way of learning life's lessons which can only be learned through experience and suffering believing this then we could blame our parents for nothing since we are the masters of our own fate and reap exactly as we have sown in the past the effects of the cause and karma we are told that certain groups of people incarnate together at intervals in this way old injuries and insult must be re 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 recompense old enmities old and and mighties finally adjusted and old loves allowed to continue and to grow and beautify nothing is lost nothing is wasted everyone finally reaches the same goal of perfection Although they are, they are all in such different stages and classes now, no man becomes perfect or attains his goal so long as there is a single feeling of enmity between him and another or until a score has been settled and wiped out by service and friendship. That is what Christ meant when he gave us the difficult injunction to turn other cheek and to offer their thy cloak also to him who shall take the coat. If we love our neighbor as ourselves, we cannot mind to whom the coat belongs. These conceptions we are, are very difficult for selfish world to grasp as yet, and few of us have the pluck to try them out. We limit ourselves by being possessive.
The greatest thing we can have, wisdom, health, and power are all per- pervading and cannot be divided. They can only develop and be shared. Post-possessiveness, on the other hand, cause wars, cruelties, jealousies, and suffering. It can never do any good and usually despoils the most beautiful thing in life, love. Therefore, we can once believe in reincarnation, we would realize that fear is wasted effort because thought we have suffered death and pain often before we are here again. Fear is something of our making and is paralyzed us and renders us stupid. Also, we can see that it is better not to think evil and kind of worried thoughts, thoughts, because by doing so, we are causing effects which we we will have a lot of work in putting right again. Karma thoughts are things, and when we unloose an ugly or harmful thing into the world, we shall be obliged to remove it. Thoughts persist in ethereal regions and are connected with the ones who made them until they are dis- disintegrated through this, this his effort. The fourth great law is that of the plan of creation which teaches us about the seven planes. We learn that the whole of the solar system is built upon an orderly numerical system and a set of seven defiantly graded types of matter, sustenance or as the mystics and occultists call them planes. These planes meet one another in a delicacy graded sequence of interpenetrating vibrations which the modern scientist is experimenting today and which we discussed in chapter 2. The scope of his discoveries lies roughly between the the phenomenon of sound, which is the lowest vibration at about 16 to to the second, to that of an x-ray whose highest vibrations are estimated at 2305843009213693952 per second. These vibrations constitute a portion of what is known as the chemical or physical world of planes. The, the ancients were able to understand and tabulate seven times as much as this because they postulated seven worlds of different kinds of life, interpreting and influencing one another, through which we're functioning the various life forces, current rays, through emotions, art, arts types of form which combines to produce life as it is. With all its different complexities, they had all thoroughly worked out and understood just how these different forces were concentrated into man's body through the channels of his various glands. The doctors of today are still struggling with the unknown functions of some of these glands because they have not had the inspiration to refer to the ancient knowledge and unravel the symbolism in which it was presented. This symbolism was arranged and used both to awe the public and keep them from a knowledge which might be dangerous when in the hands of ignorant and unprincipled in much the same way as land is employed today by doctors. In times of high national morale, more and more of the secrets were given out and understood by the, police, by the public. But in periods of decadence and materialism, the priests and rulers themselves deteriorated and the knowledge was hidden away and guarded by the few remaining initiates or sages. We are emerging from a long period of such materialism at present and that is why doctor, priest, and public are confronted with the task of learning a great deal all over again and revising the knowledge of their ancestors before they can carry things step further. This revision was begun at the end of last century by such people as Madame Blavatsky through the Theosophists by the Christian scientists by Mesmer and a host of others who aroused the public desire to penetrate once more into the fundamental meaning of life. 
and its ultimate purpose. Since then, the modern methods have been used to unearth the ancient wisdom and once more reinstate it. Some people say, what do we want with the past? Let us go forward and be practical. But as we have not yet been able to improve in some respect upon the conceptions of art, architect, um, architecture, mathematics, ethics, science of some of those very ancient civilizations to any degree, it would surely be worth our or widely to study the foundation upon which their mentalities were built. The four great laws which we have enumer enumerated in chapters were a part of these foundations. We hear, pe we hear people say, oh, the East is degenerate and effeminate, and social conditions there are terrible. Therefore, of what use has that ancient wisdom been? People like this should think further, realizing that the higher one mounts, the lower one can fall. De degeneracy is the result of laziness, slackness, and subsequent distortion of teaching and has nothing whatever to do with the pure teachings of a religion in its original form, which is nearly always fine. We have only to consider the original teachings of Christ, observing how we have degenerated that which our long history of bloodshed, greed, oppression, to feel that we cannot point any finger of criticism at the East. Also, the East is now the prey of old age, the feminine in character as compared with the vigorous, youthful, masculine Western civilization. The four great laws are hidden in Christian religion and can be revealed with a little study in spite of mistranslation and censorship to which it has been subjected. It is very necessary to see life as whole and realize that we can obtain a higher, a high state of mental balance and vision only when we attempt to link together the past, present, and future and all the sciences into one comprehensive and comprehensible picture. Well guys, that's chapter three, the secret knowledge. Um, like I said, um, it's just gonna be more information going and going. Um, the next chapter is gonna be called How We Are Made. Uh, so be ready next week to, under, uh, to go through the chapter four and go ahead and just go get your, just just download the podcast and listen to the rest of it. Um, it was a great podcast. Um, I love this book. Um, I know some people, you know, are not into religion. I'm not a big religion, uh, religious person either. Um, I know in this book, you know, they talk about Christ. Um, but that's her perspective. Um, like I said, just keep an open mind. I, I keep an open mind when I read. Uh, like I said, I don't know everything. Everything in this book might not be true. But I'm keeping an open mind. Um, I'm pretty sure they have a couple of exercises in here that we can go through, see if things work. If not, then we just read a book and we went through it. Um, so hopefully um, you're, you're liking this podcast so far as far as going through the going through this book, The Finding of the Third Eye. You know, a lot of people talk about it. You know, the pineal gland. Um, you know, they talk about that whole that that whole system and um in the pituitary gland um so i mean just keep your mind open let's go through the process let's finish this book chapter four coming next week um how we are made uh thank you for listening to the podcast this is committed society and thank you so much for listening uh follow me on facebook uh, i'm under rafael frias on facebook uh, follow me on instagram rafikiki77 um, and there's going to be other things coming up. So thank you for listening to the podcast. 
Um, I have another podcast, uh, another uh, podcast coming out this Thursday. So go ahead and listen to it. But if you're really interested in the book, um, chapter four, that'll be coming out next Tuesday. Um, I don't know the date exactly, but I believe it's like November, uh, like November 4th or 6th or something that to that extent, um, uh, third, uh, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th, yeah, November 6th or 7th, so thank you for listening to this podcast, peace, committed society. <laughs>